0: Block Talk
1: Radio Welcome to Green Hour Blitz episode 311 right here on TuneIn Google Cast Player FM, Apple Podcasts, and on the biggest platform in podcasts, iHeartRadio, as well as on Global Women's Sports Radio on Spotify. And as always, right here on Block Talk Radio, host Oscar Lopez here. We have a great show today. we got two amazing guests today uh, from the Orlando Anarchy, uh, head coach Crystal Holmes. Uh, and then we uh, later in the hour, we are going to have the um, WNFC uh, CTO, um, April Chrysler of the uh, and also owner of the Atlanta Phoenix, and we're going to be talking WFA 2020, WNFC 2020. Uh, we should dive into XFL Week Five right now, which was a kind of a, a strange week, especially with the Roughnecks against the Dragons ending, uh, the the Guardians rebound against the Renegades, the Defenders actually rebound also after having a two week slide against the Battlehawks, who lose, obviously, after a two-week high. Uh, the Wildcats kind of rebounding here and putting up some points with Johnson and company, and also the Vipers kind of revived with Cornelius and uh, Tolliver and company. So we're going to be talking a little bit about XFL. And then before we get out of here, we're going to be talking uh, women's uh, gridiron events coming up here in the next month here as, well as we get ready for April 2020 in terms of the WFA, WNFC in the States. Uh, we also will recap XFFL um, Week 5 out of Texas, and then we're going to dive into the, the Sapphire Series, which is continuing as well. Also, LNFA Feminina. So if you haven't uh, stayed up to date on everything that's happening in the women's game, of course, you must go to the hub at Facebook.com for Beauties. That's the place to be. The best network on the planet covering women's American football is at the hub at facebook.com for size, uh, I want to give a shout-out to everybody that's gone to our shop and taken advantage of our sales. Uh, I know we had a 40% sale in the middle of the month. Uh, 15% off. Use code Zazzle. Thanks. Get 15% off on anything at the No Joke Football Shop, including the brand-new stuff that came out. It is the City Shirts with the Country Shirts. City Shirts for the uh, U.S.-North American Swing and then country shirts for the uh, international scene. So check it out. It's a brand-new line for us. Uh, you can get a discount, like I said, up to 15% off Zazzle. Thanks. If you subscribe to Zazzle Black, you automatically, for about $10, especially in the States, domestically, you would get one year of free shipping. So if you help us out and you go to the shop and you order stuff there and you to subscribe for that $10, Give free shipping for the rest of the year. So I want to give a shout-out to Spain, France, and the UK uh, who have uh, ordered some stuff from us and are really, really appreciated. Every sale helps us to spotlight another talented athlete in the sport, and we have a lot of athletes in the sport right now we're sponsoring. Um, you got Dana Dana Zyke of the uh, LA Bobcats, Lexi Demio of the Sin City Trojans. Uh, we have Anna Garza of the X-League, um, Austin Sound, we also have Stacey Jackman of the X-League Thunder. Um, we have a bunch of players, Phoebe Sketcher out of the U.K., which is the Birmingham Lions. Sasha Cruz of the WFA Dallas Elite Mustangs. Uh, we also have Renee Hahn in, uh, over in Australia. We have um, Christy Moran as well as Lauren Evans um, and Sophia Vincent down south in terms of LaFi. So a lot of athletes that uh, we are spotlighting. Uh, Based on the sales, we are able to spotlight another talented athlete internationally or domestically that we can spotlight and bring awareness to the sport that women do play American football, and their game is no-joke football. Awesome. So we're going to be having our two guests in today. Pretty excited to talk to Coach Holmes uh, after the success of the Orlando Anarchy. I know we talked to Melinda Sparks a while back as well. Uh, Looking forward to how Orlando will fare here in Tier 2 for 2020. Then we're going to be really, really stoked into WNFC 2020. Uh, WNFC 2020 also uh, very exciting. Uh, new teams coming in, and obviously that's going to shake up everything. Up uh, Atlanta Phoenix, one of the uh, one of the uh, top teams on the East Coast, next to the Texas Elite Spartans in 2019. So uh, we're going to talk to April uh, Chrysler uh, about what's going to happen with Atlanta. Where is you know their motivation here to get to the next level, be in the top five mix in terms of the single tier that is the WNFC to get to that next level. So it's going to be interesting to figure that out. So we're going to talk XFL right now, week five, which was pretty interesting. Uh, There's some endings, uh, Roughnecks 32-23 at this point. Um, The ending of Houston's uh, victory there over Seattle uh, came with controversy. P.J. Walker took a few steps back on the fourth down to end the game. And then it appeared there was at least two seconds left on the clock in their own territory. Uh, Seattle could have had a chance to score uh, and tie the game with the three-point conversion. Uh, Dragons players pleaded their case. Nobody uh, helped them. Uh, The XFL eventually came out and said that the person making the call, which was, I believe, Wes Booker, and Mr. Booker did not give enough explanation as to why the game was ended Early, simply saying, quote, the game was over, unquote. The, the XFL later, like I said, apologized and said they had made a bad mistake and they made the correction by assigning Mr., reassigning Mr. Booker to something else in terms of what he needs to handle. So the Roughnecks uh, technically get the win, but based on how XFL is set up to, with Seattle, they had an opportunity there that they could have done that. They could have probably had that scenario in play. It just not didn't happen. So this is kind of a weird moment in history for the XFL. One of these weird games. It's going to go down in the in the history books as where the opportunity was there for Seattle that to maybe at this point have the chance to score and tie the game with the three point conversion did not get allowed. I'm pretty sure uh, Coach, Zorn, uh, Coach Zorn is. Not a happy camper. The organization is probably not a happy camper. But the bottom line is um, the winners are the renegades. They stand undefeated probably in the XFL at this point. Who would have thought in New York two weeks ago on the road, this New York team with McClain was just horrible. Uh, they have a lot of talent. Just couldn't put it together. Here we are. Uh, Luis Perez goes in for the last quarter against St. Louis. Shows some promising uh, moves. And what do you know? The New York Giants gave Luis Perez the start again, and he delivered. Um, this is a former um, NFL backup quarterback and a AAF uh, Bur- a Birmingham Iron starter, which he had very good success in the uh, Alliance of American Football. Perez was 16 for 30 with 20- 229 passing yards and a TD in the win over the Dallas Renegades. Colby Pearson had five receptions for 95 yards. And a touchdown. Uh, New York also picked up Philip Nelson off twice and didn't allow an offensive score. Dallas really a mess uh, at quarterback, um, so they get romped 30 to 12 by the Guardians. Uh, New York really solidifies themselves into back in a cushion mode, um, so they have an opportunity here to kind of, you know, save their season if you want to call it that. So they've done a good job there. The other team that came out of nowhere that everybody thought like, what, three weeks ago, almost, yeah, three weeks ago, everybody thought the defenders were just going to be this huge team that's going to collide with Houston. It wasn't the case. They kind of slipped down, but uh, with Cardell Jones against the LA, uh, L.A. matchup, and it didn't happen there and, then, and looked really horrible at that point. So the D.C. defenders put a stop to the, uh, the, the Battlehawks streak, which was exciting at home. Uh, D.C. switched that quarterback going from Cardell Jones to Tyree Jackson. The new quarterback, Jackson, was 9 for 14 with a touchdown, uh, and he also had a really good chemistry with Kari Lee. It was a uh, just enough to propel them to the victory. So D.C. keeps themselves in the mix after looking very horrible with Jones in, in uh, against L.A. That did not boast well for them. So it's a situation where they're now they're they're up on the up-and-road so we'll see what they do in week six. Uh, the Wildcats edge Tampa Bay. The Wildcats may have had one of the more dynamic offenses in the XFL. Uh, two, three weeks ago, they were up not so sure. And all of a sudden, Johnson's starting to kind of gel here. Uh, McBride's kind of starting to gel here. Uh, Los Angeles put up 41 points on Tampa Bay uh, Vipers. The Vipers themselves have improved over the last three weeks. Cornelius at quarterback. He got Tolliver and Patrick really making an impact there. So the way better team that went from the week one matchup against the New York Guardians. So that in itself is a great sign for them because they're kind of moving ahead. Um, it was the second time in three games that Los Angeles scored more than 35 points. Johnson was 20 for 36 with 288 passing yards and four. So there's uh, you know what's going on with the uh, XFL. So you're looking at Roughnecks, uh, coming up here this weekend, Roughnecks against the Guardians, big big matchup here for New York. Big matchup for Luis Perez, uh PJ Walker, Perez, very exciting game. This is anticipation here. Um if you if you play on FanDuel or DraftKings, this is a huge huge uh week for everybody and I'm on there all the time, so you know, it's there's money to be made as they say, and if you uh if you pick the right card, obviously you can make some Some uh, really good uh, dough coming around it. So matchup, pretty much a superstar matchup in terms of the early XFL uh, season. So it'll be Perez against Walker. Uh, There's a lot of talent on both sides. Can New York go, uh, you know, get another win at home at MetLife on the, uh, you know, versus the Roughnecks who are undefeated right now, and they're on a real good high. Uh, The other battle will be St. Louis. Can they rebound? Tampa Bay in the same boat. Can they rebound? So two teams here looking for a big win. Whoever gets this win is going to be somewhat on an up and up in the, in terms of the, you know, the the seedings. So you have Ta- Tamu, Jason Tamu, and you get on uh, Cornelius as well. So it's a really good matchup. Very offensive scheme on both sides. They have good talent on wide receivers, good talent in terms of running backs. So, it's going to be a great matchup there. The Renegades and the Defenders, two teams, going. The, they were going the opposite way. Uh, Renegades, just a mess right now in terms of leadership. The Defenders switching off on the quarterback's mentality. The defense has played really well as well. So we're looking at D.C. here, probably to edge Dallas, unless Dallas can step up and surprise us, which Dallas has very good talent in terms of uh, receivers as well. Not so much on the run game, but in terms of the receiving, they just need a, a you know quarterback that can get them there. I don't know if Nelson is the key here, but it's not going to happen. So Tyree uh, Jackson is going to be the uh, focus for the defenders to get back on track here. The Wildcats and the Dragons really uh, first time pretty much the West Coast matchup, the equivalent of uh, West Coast matchup here. Uh, L.A. has stepped up their game, has done a really good job. And Seattle now needs to rebound after that horrible incident that happened, obviously, in Houston with them getting shafted. So it's a really key here. It's going to be, you know, who who's going to get the better gig here. Uh, on a roll, Los Angeles, the Dragons need to snap that, uh, that winning streak from them. The Renegades really need to kind of muster up a win here against D.C. D.C. would have to really come up with a really good uh, matchup to keep themselves in this uh, playoff hunt. Um, St. Louis on the road again. They have to prove that they can win on the road. They know they can win at home. Can they win on the road? The Vipers now have to prove that they can also win at home. So it's a really good matchup. So week six in terms of the uh, XFL is starting to just shape up into this uh, what ifs and who's going to position themselves at this point. Can New York take down the Roughnecks and give them their first loss of the season? Doesn't look like that's going to happen but it could be uh, starting to the point where if they upset Luis Perez is a really good, uh, good passing quarterback at the same time, has some mobility. Um, So PJ Walker and, uh, and company, they really have to worry about this because it looks like New York's maybe on a different, uh, different level, given the quarterback switch here at this point, the the DC is going to be in the same boat as well. So we're looking forward to week six in terms of the uh, XFL so to recap: Week five was um, uh, Roughnecks 32-23 over the Dragons, the Guardians 30-30 to 12 over the Renegades, Defenders 15 to 6 over the Battlehawks, the Wildcats 41 to 34 over the Vipers. So we'll keep tabs on the XFL in terms of the Week six matchups. Uh, you can go exclusively to Twitter. Uh, at Gridiron Beauty on Twitter. We are there every weekend. XFL action, hashtag for the love of football. And we got a bunch of people on there uh, on different Twitter accounts back and forth. And if you check out our Twitter account, you pretty much know we're there every weekend. So we're covering XFL exclusively on Twitter uh, and then basically recapping it here on the podcast. So it's going to be a really exciting uh, times for that. So let's go into uh, the huddle sponsored by Zazzle.com. Zazzle's been our sponsor for over almost eight years now. And uh, you go to the Zazzle shop there uh, at the No Jerk Football Shop. Get some stuff there. If you don't like it there, no big deal. You also get Disney and uh, other name brands on Zazzle. You can create and customize and do a lot of stuff. So check it out, Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauty. Use the, the uh, promo code Zazzle, thanks, and you will save 15% off. So let's go into the huddle. Let's go talk to um, Coach Crystal Holmes of the um, champion uh, Orlando Anarchy, uh, multi-time champion Orlando Anarchy, and uh, now moving up to Tier 2. So let's dive into that. Coach Holmes, are you there?
2: Yes, hi. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. How are you doing th- uh, today?
2: Uh, doing just fine. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Uh, good to hear Um I talked to Melinda a while back here. Uh, we're kind of excited for 2020, uh, upgrade in tiers, uh, pretty good success in tier three, uh, pretty much owned the Florida swing there. Um, so a lot of success for you guys. I know there's been a lot of struggles with rostering and stuff like that, but you guys have kind of stayed the ship and uh, ended up in Golden, Colorado uh, for the you know, WFA National Championship. So uh, great job.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we battle every year to try and increase our roster size, and we've been to the champ three years. And so Melinda thought it was time for us to take that next next step and uh, move up uh, to Tier 2, take the program to the next level.
1: Uh, Coach, uh, can you tell the, uh, my audience here uh, what's your makeup? I know you're, you're a former player. Now you're coaching the team. Um, give us a little insight in terms of what your background is and your experience so far up to now.
2: All righty. Well, I played all kinds of sports through high school. Got a basketball scholarship to college. And then once I graduated, I started playing flag football. And from there, the uh, lady who ran the flag football team, Mashonda Gilmore. She took the next step, taking the flag team over to the tackle arena. So I played there from 2003 to 2008, and we were in the WIFL at that time. We won the championship in 2006, and we made it back in 2007, but uh, fell short that year. And over the next two years, several of us, veterans if you will, old folks. <laughs> uh retired, and then we saw the program kind of oh, I dropped off a little bit. So several of us came back in 2011, and uh we went undefeated that year and won the championship uh that year. Um so in 2012, I moved to from Atlanta to Orlando and uh did some digging and I uh, Found the Orlando Anarchy was here, and it just so happened that back when I was playing in 2003, we played uh, the Orlando Mayhem, which of course changed the Orlando Anarchy when they changed leagues, but pretty much is the same ownership. So I contacted Melinda and looked to see if they uh, had any room at any positions or any need for any additional coaches and she she welcomed me with more than open arms and so I guess uh over the past five seasons I've been coaching with the anarchy different aspects uh, running backs cornerbacks special teams and uh year before last coach Tony Chavez he retired and uh, so the rest of the coaching staff we met uh they gave me the uh, the nod to uh take the helm, so that's kind of my background in a short uh nutshell, if you will
1: Coach Holmes um, uh, what do you attribute to success? the fundamentals I mean, you don't have the body count is it just the fact that you guys are stressing a lot more technique and fundamentals and I know everybody everybody's playing pretty much dual roles on both sides as melinda has alluded to so uh you know tough cookies in terms of the players you have
2: yeah that that's correct but i tell you what if there's any sport that's truly for the love of the game it has to be you know women's football and um i guess what our strong foundation is is you hit the nail on the head there we stress uh Fundamentals, building a strong foundation, not just uh, physically, but also mentally, Uh, getting these ladies to understand, you know, the basic theory behind football, if you will. A lot of them don't really know anything about the basics. And I know when I first started playing, we didn't pick up a ball. This is back in flag, for probably the first month. We went through drills. We learned the dimensions of the field. Um, the uh, different officials on the field, time clocks, overtime, just a lot of things that uh, the the coaches at the time felt like was very important for the ladies playing since almost all of us didn't get a chance to play, you know, starting at Pee Wee and, and moving on up. So not only building that foundation physically as far as being fundamentally sound and in football shape, but also the, the mental aspect, kind of understanding the game and, and why we're asking you to do, uh, you know, what we're asking you to do out on the field. So I think that has played a big part, you know, in the last five or six years of our success as far as, as building our program.
1: Coach Holmes, is it better that you're a female coach that can relate to a female player, or is this? do you think at this point it doesn't matter? I mean, because now at this point we're almost at another level, right? A lot of players have played Correct. over twelve years, fifteen years, twenty years. So I, I mean, I I don't know. You would have to tell me, but a lot of a lot of coaches tell me it really doesn't matter because if you're doing the basics, if you're coaching the basics, then the gender doesn't matter.
2: Um, and I agree with that. You know, the basics of football or any sport are the basics. Uh, being able to relate as far as a female having played the sport to other females, I think it carries, you know, a little bit more weight um, mm-hmm. from an understanding standpoint, you know, knowing where where they're starting from is where I started from and, you know, trying mm-hmm. to grow uh, mentally uh, as far as the game is concerned. It, it plays a big part. And I also noticed when Coach Chavez was there, he was a head coach, the more of the ladies kind of migrated to me to ask certain questions. And I am in no way knocking male coaches, but sometimes it's hard for them to dial it back and take it to that, you know, seed level because mm-hmm. most of them mm-hmm. are, are used to coaching at, at a higher level and um, assuming that the boys are men that they coach started at Pee Wee League, and they know the basic terminology, the basic formations, how to figure out the formations. And most of the ladies don't. So uh, from that aspect, you know, coming at it from that point of view, I think it's it's kind of an advantage to be able to relate on those terms to, uh, to the uh, other female athletes and players. But as far as knowledge and experience in coaching the game, I've learned so much from all the male coaches that I've had – over the course of my playing year. so there's a combination there, definitely. But you know, sometimes it, female coaches work with other female players, and sometimes it it doesn't. But for the anarchy, anarchy, excuse me, it seems that it's been you know a huge feather in our cap as far as getting these ladies acclimated to football.
1: Coach Holmes, uh, are you treated as a mother, a sister? What's the the concept in terms of when you have to deal with maybe a non-football related issue here, or is it everybody just tweeting you exactly just as the spearhead of the team?
2: Well, it varies based on the character of the player. Um, Okay. Coach Chavez kind of taught me, you know, as a, as a coach, you kind of have to separate yourself, you know, as being a coach and being in that leadership uh, position is different from being a player and being in the player position and so I saw a lot of that, you know, the players, they get together, they build their sisterhood, and I'm included to a certain point. And for the most part, I kind of step back and let them have their time to gel and build the chemistry. But, I mean, if there's ever a need to be a mother, you know, a sister, a shoulder to lean on, a shoulder to cry on, somewhere to come for advice, you know, I told them that my door is always open. So that from that aspect, I think – that also builds not a higher level, but a different level between that player and coach relationship.
1: Uh, coach Holmes, do you think we're moving in the right direction? We got uh, some visible people now in the NFL realms. Uh, we have more visibility, bigger sponsorships. Um, we're, we're coming into a new era here in 2020 where both leagues are going to have some sort of exposure in terms of a media status. You know, you got Eleven Sports for WFA. You got U2 America for WNFC. Uh, where where do you where do you feel the state of the game is right now for you in terms of your eyes?
2: You know, I think it's about time. Um, like you said, football is football, and uh, the ladies that are out there doing it at the NFL level, be it coaching or also officiating. Um, when you put on that helmet, you become a football player. You know, and that that's kind of a dividing line. When you put that helmet, and shoulder pads on, you are a football player. But I am super pleased and super supportive of the way that uh, all sports are opening the door, if you will, to allowing females to get in there and offer a different perspective or different point of view. We're not trying to change the game, but there are things that that we've seen in a different way or experienced in a different way. And if we can bring that in, you know, into the men's level and the women's level, then I think uh, it's only going to make the sport grow. It's going to uh, allow uh, different fan bases to enjoy the game more, understand the game more, and also to realize that if you can dream it, you can do it. So I really think uh, we're definitely headed in the right direction.
1: Coach Holmes, I'm gonna bring in uh, Mackenzie Brooks, and you probably know her very well. She's she's gonna play for the uh, WNFC 2020 Nebraska Nihawks and co-host here of the of the Blitz. So, Mackenzie, welcome aboard.
2: Hi, hey, how are we doing today? Hi, Mackenzie. Uh, Coach Crystal Holmes from Orlando Anarchy. Doing all right? How about yourself? I, you know, I'm I'm doing
3: pretty good. I'm a little under the weather, but.
2: You know, unfortunately, it is that time of year up here,
3: well, up north where I live in Iowa. So, it's a little rough, but um, I'm glad, you know, you were able to come on the podcast. You know, I want to um, thank you for taking time out to come on to the podcast, you know, let us pick your brain a little bit. Um, so, there's uh, one question I have for you right now is, um, what would you say has been the biggest obstacle within your career so far as far as um, switching from being a player to being a coach?
2: Uh, Well, coming from the Atlanta metro area, if you will, and having a large roster size to coming to Orlando and uh, the roster size has kind of been a challenge, I think the biggest thing for me as far as transitioning from player to coach is transitioning from that larger roster to a smaller roster where on a larger roster, as you know, players are more specialized into one position and maybe special teams. Well, on a smaller roster, you've got to get them all to switch gears, which is a blessing and a curse in itself. A, the blessing part is they get to learn all the aspects of football and not just, you know, tight end or cornerback, et cetera. But a lot of them play uh, tight end and linebacker, and they're on special teams. So they they get – they get exposure all phases of the game so that when they watch a football game, they're not looking at it. They're actually getting in there and examining, you know, what's going on and can understand, you know, what's happening on the field. And for me, that's, that's been the challenge. Cause when I played, I was either a running back or a cornerback and some special teams. Um, but luckily I got a chance to play both sides of the ball. So I, to me, that was, the blessing part, the curse part, of course, you know, is the iron woman part, the physicality of the sport, the conditioning required to do that, uh, not just physically, but also the mental preparation to be able to shift gears and go from offense to defense to special teams. So um, for me, its it, it was having to learn how to divide those into thirds as far as preparing these ladies. A to be able to execute on the field and b to understand you know their alignment and assignment you know once they get out there, be it on offense defense or special teams, and for them to understand that football has a total different level of conditioning coming from a athletic background, basketball, softball track to playing football. It was like a whole whole new world for me as far as being in condition to play the sport. And we like to emphasize that, you know, being in condition is directly related to hopefully reducing number of injuries and also uh, being fundamentally sound. So also the mindset, the chess match that that coaches have to go through on, on the sideline. You have to be more analytical. You have to be more involved in all phases of the game. And so for me that's the challenging and also the and the part I enjoy um about shifting gears from player to coach.
3: I, I definitely uh, understand the the iron woman aspect of the game myself. I played probably every position except quarterback one or two and maybe safety right. in the corner, but I've done mm-hmm. you know I've done the iron woman thing. I think this is probably the first season that I haven't had to play the Iron Woman role, and to be honest, I'm kind of upset about it. I'm not gonna lie, because I'm, you know, I'm so, I'm so used to, you know, going back and forth or starting on one side and then going to the other. So, you know, I can definitely understand how that, you know, this, this shifting gears part of um, the aspect of the game could could be, you know, one of the biggest obstacles, especially for those people who, you know, aren't aren't quite used to, you know, having to take on that Iron Woman role itself. Um right. so I can definitely That's understand right. that. Um so my next question is just um what are you looking forward to overall, um, this season as far as um you know, the team itself and um, you know, any goals you guys may may have for this the upcoming season?
2: Well of course the number one goal is to, to win it all, I guess. You know, why do you play <laughs> if you're not playing for a ring? But uh mm-hmm. going back and backing up just a little bit is helping our experienced veterans to grow uh, to see where they can improve um, within themselves and get them to understand that any improvement they make personally is going to carry over directly to the improvement of our football team and we've got several new ladies out there this year from all kind of backgrounds soccer rugby so on and so forth and so um I'm looking forward to watching um them grow to to uh mentally understand the basics of football and um understand that it it can be fun, yes, it's a grind you know preseason and all that getting prepared, but if you're prepared properly, then your reward is going out there having fun making plays and and winning football games so uh, I would have to say first. You know, getting to the championship, winning a championship would be our first goal. And then secondly is uh, making it to the playoffs. You you can't get to the championship without getting to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, winning our football games, taking it one game at a time and improving, you know, each and every day that that we hit the field. I think that would be uh, kind of my stair step for goals for this season.
3: Very nice. You know, it's always great, you know, to have – as a solid foundational plan. And it sounds like you guys have already, you know, started to build on a plan with adding the new girls and, you know, teaching the veterans to, you know, step up more, you know, you know, spread their, you know, spread their knowledge and, you know, spread what they know, um, you know, across the team. It doesn't matter. You could be, you know, a 10-year, 20-year vet. You could be a first, second-year rookie. You know, you're you know everybody is out here to to achieve the same goal, which is you know essentially to get to the playoffs and you know win you know, win the ring. So, um, I love a good plan. You know, it makes it just it makes everything so much better.
2: Um, and my, right. just my
3: last question for you is, when
2: when you played, what was your favorite position and why? Well, I thought my favorite position was running back because I loved watching NFL running backs from. Barry Sanders, to Er Errol Campbell, to those old school players, you know, strength versus speed and agility. And I played running back my first year, and in the second year, I got moved over to corner, and I fell in love with cornerback. One of our cornerback coach, Coach Craig Cusho, he told us that in his eyes, cornerbacks are probably one of the elite, if not the elite positions on the field, because they have to run backwards, just about as well as as well and as fast as they can control their bodies, running forward and then transition out of that. And I'd watch many a football game, but I never thought about cornerback position, you know, from that aspect and getting out there and doing it. And then we used to have fun with it in practice. We we take our some of our best offensive players and say, well, come on over here and play a little corner. You know, let's backpedal and turn around and chase people and that kind of thing. And, you know, helping them, if you will, the light bulb go off and them understand that, hey, you know, it's not, you know, running forward is not just just the thing. You know, there's people out there that have to run forward and backward and twist and turn and and, and do all that to be successful at the defensive back position. So I grew to love defensive back. And now with the rules and the way it's changing across the board in the game, I think um, it's becoming much more of a talent, if you will, uh, honing your skill set to avoid that pass interference or or holding call now with the way uh, the rules and regulations are changing in the game. So I'd have, definitely have to say cornerback. It, it grew on me. So that's that's probably my favorite position.
3: Oh, I love that. You know, I love I love a you know a good Iron Woman who can you know really break it down to one position that you know they really like. Like, I think I'm I'm a defensive player myself. I went from defensive end to nose tackle to D tackle. Mm-hmm. So I i mm-hmm. played across the entire D line. I think my favorite position would probably have to actually be fullback um, because I'm I'm a bigger girl. And it takes a lot of people to bring me down, you know, and I just keep going. And I just, I love the feeling when somebody goes, oh, that hurts. Or, you All know, right. I can't believe she just ran through me. So, you know, I, I definitely understand as far as, you know, having the position going you at first. I'm just like, there's something about running into people that I don't really enjoy. And then I, right. like, you know, got better at it. And I'm like, you know, I could dig this. I could run through people and, and giggle about it later. So... <laughs>
2: Well, exactly. you know, that's all
3: the questions I have for you today, Madam. Thank you very much okay. for
2: coming on to the podcast. I'm going to turn it back over to Oscar. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed talking with you. Absolutely. Coach Holmes,
1: uh, 2020 coming yep. up here, uh, different different aspect on terms of the schedule. You got the Florida swing. We talked to Melissa, J- Dixie Blues, Miami Fury. Uh, I think the northeast point is going to be, I think, Carolina, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. So you got a little bit of a tune-up, I guess you want to call it, because it looks like the WFA really uh, – oh, the owners, in other words, you know, and Lisa and everybody, somewhat – this is kind of a more of a – I want to say a more competitive in-season schedule because a lot of teams are going to face teams that they would normally probably face in the playoffs. So it makes it a mm-hmm. lot more interesting and challenging in that regard. Uh, are you excited for – you know, not just your team, but there's a lot of schedules out there that – they're going to be and it's going to be pretty exciting in terms of the end season as to who ends up where it's going to be a little tougher in other words my point
2: right I I agree and uh you know I'm I'm excited about the schedule I know sometimes you can get in a rut when you play sometimes you can get in a rut when you play the same teams over and over and over not necessarily the same personnel but the same teams and so uh, with the league giving um all the teams in the league the opportunity to uh see different opponents, you know, travel to different cities, you know, travel sometimes is not always easy for us, but and that's part of the sport and uh being able to face different competition um in different environments, it's only going to make you better. You know, down the road when you get to that playoff uh, level, where you may have to travel to different parts of the country. Case in point, Colorado. Is just so happened my nephew went to college out in Colorado, and so I knew a little bit about how the uh, um, um, the atmosphere was gonna gonna affect us out there as far as being a higher higher elevation. Some of these ladies have never been out there, so I mean, all of that plays a part into uh, Preparing your team for, you know, what lies ahead, not just in this season, but in seasons to come. And giving these different franchises opportunities to travel and play different teams, again, is only going to help grow the sport. Um, teams from Florida maybe go to um, go to Carolina. People in Carolina might not even know some teams exist in Florida, and they're like, hey, you know, there's some quality squads around there. Or uh, coming from up north down south, you know, we get to, we get to see what's happening up north as far as the different programs and franchises. So, uh, yes, it's a challenge. And, I mean, if you're not doing something to grow and get better, then, you know, another that's another thing, you know, why are you doing it? So I, I welcome it. I'm looking forward to uh, what lies ahead in 2020 and beyond.
1: Coach Holmes, do you think the direction of either league is going to it's going to be where we're going to see more prominent female head coaches in the WFA and WNFC because of the fact that you know a lot of players are retiring or a lot of players are coming into that second wave of you know their 12 year vets, 15 year vets, and they still want to have a connection to the game and maybe give back to the game. And I, I know a lot of uh, you know veteran players that I talk to. Some of them are going through USA, you know, certifications and things like that. Not just, Mm -hmm. you know, to be on the field in terms of the WFA, WNFC, but obviously to get the opportunities that, you know, Callie Branson, uh, Katie, and everybody else is getting in terms of the NFL, like Coach Lowe and stuff. So do you feel like at Mm -hmm. some point we're down the road here, uh, the WFA, WNFC, we will have, basically almost every team will have probably a female head coach?
2: I think we're going in the right direction, and I hope that's the case in the future. Like you said, you can't play forever. And as much as it hurts and as much as I miss it, I mm-hmm. know that, you know, my, my time limits up, you know, I like my knees and stuff intact. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like you said, it's, it's a way to give back and it's a way to take your experience and what someone gave you, you know, when you first started and along the way and present that to the future, you know, and, and the ladies that are going to be the future of this league and, and, the opportunities are there. They're definitely there. And, um, I, you know, I can envision seeing at some point 50% and then, you know, 60, 70, on up to 100% of uh, female head coaches in in all the um, women's football leagues. It, it just takes a little time. You know, people have to make that transition, have to um, look at their lives and see if they have the time to, to dedicate to it because it's... it's it's like another full-time job, and you really don't want to go into it, you know, not being able to to give that hundred percent, especially if you're wearing that head coach hat, because the players are looking looking to you, you know, for that leadership. But I feel like there's more than enough ladies out there in our league and across all leagues that that could wear that hat, you know, if and when they get to the point where they, you know, feel like the, the, that that their time is up as far as actually playing in between the lines but they can also experience that exhilaration and share that love of the game from the sideline as a coach and for me nothing feels better than to see my players get it to see that light go on you know where they they understand the, the full aspect of the game not just that they're playing fullback or defensive end or linebacker that they can you know read the play and see the play and 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 know what's coming, and and just be able to react from from that aspect. And to me, that is just as rewarding as you know going out, being out there, and scoring that touchdown, or tipping that pass, or getting that interception. So so yes, I I do definitely feel like you know the women's leagues, it's it's an open door for uh, women to uh, gain experience and become you know, coaches, offensive coordinators, you know, what whatever floats their boat, if you will, within the, the coaching realm.
1: Greater now uh, visibility, you got uh, Sam, you know, with the career forums running almost four years now. Um, there's even mm-hmm. opportunities for even players that have never played football, but, you know, they want to go into administrative and other aspects of just being part of the NFL in terms of the, mm-hmm. you know, the business sense of it. So I think we made strides in there, which is a positive. Uh, But I think hopefully we get to that stage, you know, where we're like, you know, maybe uh, at a percentage of 80% female head coaches in both, you know, uh, outdoor uh, WNFC or WFA. And you're still going to have some uh, male presence there because that's usually how it's going to be. You know, like you said, whether they're Mm -hmm. under the head coach and things like that, because there's a lot of coaches Mm -hmm. Uh, in high school and every else, they're also trying to gather opportunities, not just because they're going to coach a women's team, but, you know, they just want to uh, enhance their capabilities and put something on their resume as well to enhance their opportunities right. maybe in, for NCAA and other skill sets. So it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, coach, right. it's been uh, kind of a pleasure to talk to you and uh, bring you on board. I wanted to talk to Melinda to bring you on because uh, you deserve a lot of credit, and including – you know, your uh, previous coaches as well. So uh, a great program that you guys have put together there with a lot of, you know, st- uh, struggles in terms of, you know, keeping the numbers up and making sure All that, right. you know, everybody stays healthy and doesn't become a mass unit by week eight. <laughs> in some right. um, exactly. But, you know, credit, credit to you guys for doing a great job. Um, you guys have done a fantastic job with uh, tier three in terms of, you know, the visibility in the national stage for or the Orlando anarchy being one of the elite franchises that we as fans see you guys at. Um, and so, you know, Nevada you. last year saw sort of a mirror image of you guys. So you guys, you got to see Nevada firsthand. So they move up. Um, so it's going to be really nice to have your guys in tier two. And then they're also there and competitive uh, programs and they're building their program almost similar to you guys in, in a lot of ways with low numbers and things like that. So it's nice to see
2: success. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me and and thank you so much for uh, all the kind words that you've spoken about me and about the Orlando Anarchy. But can't do it by myself. You know, got a great staff. Of course, Melinda's a great owner. She never sleeps. <laughs> I stay on her to get a nap somewhere. But, uh, you know, she's out there shaking trees and turning over rocks and, you know, doing what she can to keep us going. And as far as Nevada, you know, hats off to them. They've got a great program, again, with low numbers. So that's just proof to say it's not quantity. You know, it's the quality right. that's, that's behind right. each player. And, again, thank you so very much for having me. Um, it's been an honor to, to be on the show.
1: Thank you, uh, Coach uh, Holmes. We uh, look forward to the in-season battles and then maybe at the end of the, uh, you know, eight-week cycle here, see where we're at and where you're going to land and uh, maybe have a chat about the playoffs and going there. But we're really excited for WFA 2020, kind of get going. Uh, game of the week for on 11 sports. Um, a lot of major sponsors uh, in terms of what Lisa has done so far for this new season. So a lot of excitement mm-hmm. for the new season. So thank you again for coming on and really appreciate it.
2: All right. Thank you so much. You all take care. Kenzie,
1: there you go. Um, Yeah,
2: Coach Holmes,
1: Orlando Anarchy, and what a program there. And we're looking at Nevada Storm as well as a big-time program coming up. So, um, I mean, success, you can't – low numbers, success, uh, Iron Women. Hashtag, right, Iron Woman.
3: You know, Iron Woman is really the thing to be these days. I mean, it really is. Uh, I for one, I I really enjoyed having Coach Holmes on. In fact, I had I enjoyed having both both the NFC coaches on. I I love it. You know, I you know I I love a good, you know I love a good football conversation, Oscar, and that's what we do here. Is we have great football
1: conversations
3: with great football minds, and I think that's why we're one of the best podcasts out there.
1: Yeah, no, I mean we we want to bring and spotlight. Um... You know these successful teams in both leagues, and a lot of you know a lot of people say, well, you know, you, get every, you got to spotlight every team. Well, we don't have the time, but we do have the time to spotlight, you know, and give credit and those that obviously are at the at the highest level week uh, year in year out. Basically, it's really what we want to spotlight, and you know they were part of the top, what I top six, which are that they were the top six in terms of the WFA. So they're the top six. They are the cream of the crop. And, and, and to you know, to to not spotlight them, to not bring them on here frequently, and to not give them their, their uh, you know, attaboys for doing a great job in terms of fundamentals, doing a great job in terms of administration, you know, all that stuff, uh, it would be just injustice. So we got to do them justice by uh, getting that. I know there's a lot of other teams. You know, there's obviously over 60-something teams, but the reality is we got to spotlight uh, to bring attention and awareness that this sport is badass. We have to spotlight the best teams in terms of what success is it for them, and Coach Holmes has done a uh, has done a great job in terms of you know bringing bringing a program you know taking over from a previous successful coach and putting this uh, franchise back on the map. So I'm tickled pink in terms of like like I told Melinda, kind of exciting, uh, Mackenzie, because we don't know what this tier two. And then all this competitive scheduling that is literally we're looking forward to 2020 is going to uh, impact a lot of teams. Are we going to see great matchups, right, week to week? Are we going to see blowouts week to week? I mean, there's just a lot of, like, what ifs. Yeah,
3: you know, it, and it's always funny. I mean, you know, you the only thing we can do right now is, is speculate. You know, speculation is what we can do right now because seasons haven't started yet. I mean, seasons start in about mm, three weeks-ish. So, you know, what we can do is you can just kind of speculate and go off of, you know, what's happened before you know, what happened last year. You know, kind of the speculation and anticipation, if you will. So and I think that that's what the best part about going into any season, whether it's uh women's, you know, international, uh women's US, NFL college, X F L, Legends League, you know, it it does that's I think that's what makes uh, the waiting game as far as going into season such a good thing is because, you know, you can speculate and make your opinions and, you know, kind of see if your opinions and speculation were right between uh, the start of season or preseason, start of season, and you know, end of season, playoffs, championships, things like that. So it's going to be good, Oscar. I mean, it always is, but I feel like 2020 is just going to be very – it's going to be very, very exciting, very exciting.
1: I think it's going to be better because – You know, last year we got the taste with the Rebellion and doing Facebook Live and San Diego Digital Imaging doing the thing for the WNFC, sort of elevated the game, right? Because before we used to have YouTube or doing something like that. But now we got it, you know, a little bit more pro, in other words. And then now we have 11 sports, game of the week for WFA. You got U2 America for WNFC coming up here. So kind kind of like we're shifting to another level, in other words. That's the excitement part. And then you make competitive scheduling, Looking forward to all these matchups, right? I mean, for us that follow the sport, I mean, I'm, the national media on an on, a, on any scale doesn't follow any of this. But for us, you know, that do follow it and are diehards about it, it really just makes us kind of anticipate all this excitement. And you know, St. Louis versus Boston in the middle of May—who—who would have thought that? That would have never happened in the past, and now it's going to happen.
3: Yeah, I don't, so, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we I don't we get Boston, that was D.C., right? Boston,
1: Pittsburgh. Expectant. Right, <laughs> and now we're gonna get St. Louis, the best team in Tier Two of 2019, against the top dog in Tier One and probably the best team on the planet, Boston, in in May. That's <laughs> like, uh, you can tell I've already circled that pretty, <laughs> pretty well.
3: Yeah, you know I I can tell that's been circled on your calendar for a little over a year now, Oscar.
1: So I'm excited, you know what I mean, and, and to see Adrian Smith, Taylor Hay. Uh, just you know, just everybody, just com- competitive. Um, let's bring in another amazing, talented uh, woman that's making some waves, and uh, she is just part of the WNFC. and she's a uh, kind of the head, as you, if you want to call it. You know, the the uh, three amigos, or the at this point more higher than that. But she has made some great strides. We talked to her about a year ago, documentary of the Hail Mary, and then she's obviously the owner. Um, of the Atlanta Phoenix, and she's made some really good strides there. And one of the, uh, you know, triplets if you want to call it, for the WNFC Drive and Chief Technical Officer, and that obviously will be um, April Chrysler, and uh, she has done, done a great job. April, thanks for making the time. I know you're a busy, busy lady. <laughs>
4: thanks for having me i appreciate having the uh the forum to talk you know talk women's football I talk it all day seems like even well we're I'm, just
1: tickled excited know. that uh this is kind of a new the twenty twenty on both sides is kind of like um i don't know kids anticipation for candy i guess if you want to call it we're anticipating a lot of a lot of cool stuff on uh, both leagues um, your team last year was really exciting in terms of the east Coast swing and the wnFC against the uh, the elite Spartans over there with the Jenkins crowd. and so uh, and then you're making history with your team of uh, uh, louis uh, uh, Mondragon of mexico first touchdown in the wnFC history that was pretty awesome
4: yeah yeah um yeah and another tidbit of what Atlanta is doing this year is um, we've actually brought in um i'm i'm pretty excited about our our coaches that we brought in and i don't know if anybody's aware that we have uh i would like to say an all female coaching staff but we it's we have uh we have an all female coaching staff in one prince so we've got one guy <laughs> so we kind of flip the flip the 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 previous standard in in football yeah, yeah. and we actually are um, being led this year by an almost entirely female um, coaching staff, and they are some uh, pretty phenomenal Atlanta legends um, in football. They were they are they're actually the the women who brought football to Atlanta, and so we have a, a long legacy of of a uh, football greatness between them. And they've won a couple of women's football championships already, and so um, they're going to bring this champion, you know, elitist type of mindset that I think that we have been missing um to match the athleticism that, that Atlanta has already been pretty well known for. I think that we have probably and I'm gonna say this and I'm not you can call me biased if you want to, but I think that we have a, a collective of the most um athletic women um in the league and um arguably obviously if somebody wants to pick up the phone and call me and argue with me about it, I I'll, I'll give you a run for your money on it. But um but yeah, but now we've got the coaches to, to match and they are um, they are legends in the game, and so we're pretty excited about that bit of history that we're making this year that we've kind of kept to ourselves until now, obviously.
1: Well, Crystal, thanks for breaking it up here because first and foremost, you got the biggest audience, but appreciate that, um, Chris. Uh, Crystal Holmes, we just talked to her about the anarchy, and she said this is the wave. This is going to be the wave. We're at some point we're going to see WFA, WNFC, um, you know, all female coaching staffs. In season, just like you would normally see in NCAA or NFL. Absolutely,
4: absolutely. That's my former teammate, by the way, uh, Crystal Holmes. We've got some history together mm-hmm. as well. So she's uh, she's one of my favorite people. From the moment that I met her on the gridiron in Atlanta, and uh, she was one of my captains. And so um, it was it, it was only time before you know she transitioned into um, you know sharing her knowledge base with um, with with women. To, who love this sport, so that, they've got a they've got a gym right there. Because I learned a lot from her, and that was a long time ago. So I know that Orlando's uh, I know that they're proud to have her as a as a part of their group.
1: A right, head coach now, uh, pretty successful three year run there, um, putting the program on the map even with low numbers. Uh, so yeah, she's she's been amazing down there as well. She's done a great job there. Um, yep. Where do you see your, yourself? Uh, last time I talked to you. Uh, you said, "Hey, we're moving this. We're moving this forward in a different aspect of it, and, and your best reference bar was obviously digital and, tele- you know, basically media in general. Uh, and so now you're a chief, I believe it, t- chief technical officer of the WNFD. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your role comprises of?"
4: Uh, yeah, well, it's a it's a um, it's a natural role for me to take on. I in my, you know, a lot of us have our we we have our day jobs and then we put on our women's football capes after we leave our nine to five. And so it's natural for me to to work in a technology um, function with the WNFC because by day I work for Warner Media, um, which is you know a collaborative a collective of Turner. Turner, Turner Sports, CNN, or what have you. So, and so I've already been leading digital um, media projects for several years. And so I really just take what I do from my nine to five and I try to, as best as I possibly can on a shoestring budget, um, apply it to the WNFC. And so from that, you see things like the WNFC TV um, as a development, you know, and that's something that we think will benefit the entire. Uh, spectrum of women's football, not just WNFC. Um, it, you know, just for me, I know the importance of of media and how it can transcend and it can and really elevate um, any brand, um, and especially sports. And if you look at the history of of sports in your NBA and in the NFL, when they decided to put a, a camera in front of it and beautify it, that is when you were able to bring in those uh, sponsorships and and additional revenue streams that were monetized through media and sharing that media and, um, and getting mass audience audiences to look at it. And so I think for a long time in women's football, people have, you know, gone about it, not necessarily in an entirely recreational way, just like, you know, um, you know if you build it, they will come. And, and so every sport has grown up from that startup, let's just get a product together and put it on the field. And then it's the maturity of the Bell's curve of you know of, of branding is that eventually you have to think about the monetization and um, and, and sustaining uh, to you know take it to the next level. And so we're really not doing anything that's not our, that hasn't already been you know done in sports. Um, we're just we're just finally at that point where we've got the content we think is um, compelling and storytelling. That we want to share with the world that you know these are some absolutely phenomenal and deserving women of, of audiences and um, of hoorahs and of, of cheerleaders and, and certainly funding and um, sponsors and endorsements and so uh, we're proud of the NBA when they've grown to you know expand their, their salaries to over six figures and it takes time it took them tw- it took them twenty years and people I think sometimes forget how long it took the NFL. To get these guys to you know abandon their day jobs and start start to be nothing but NFL players, you know we're we're not different. We're not different. If you look at the history of the NFL, that's exactly what happened. These guys were salesmen. They were you know uh, you know they worked in factories. And, yep. Yeah, insurance and and then one day somebody gave them a salary that was long enough to compensate um, them for their time and you know and replace that income and, and it took time. It took time. And um, and it also took media. And so here we are, right? Here we are.
1: April, um, I see a, a more of a vision mentality now for from, from both leagues that we didn't see probably in the in the last what three or four years. I think it's just because a lot, you know, technique in, in itself, when you put a group together in terms of a project, it really becomes more of a, you know, one person is not going to attain anything. So it, it has to be pieces that can combine and put together some sort of logistic forward thinking. And a lot of it has to do that. You do that at the corporate level a lot of times because you have, even though you have a CEO running everything, you don't have the CEO, you know, in every aspect of the business, but you do have somebody that wants just a reporting aspect of it. I think that's where I think WNFC, uh, when it first launched and everything else, the fact that there's so many pieces uh, going into productive ways, and then all of a sudden you're you're under one branding. I think that's what women's, uh, women's football was missing a long time is we had the branding, but nobody stressed the branding. And now I think we're stressing the branding because if the branding is strong, as you said, in the WNBA, at some point down the road, uh, you know, media is going to see value to paper.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And so, you know, the best way, the, the best product you have is a product that you don't necessarily have to put on the shelf. And one of those right. best products that you don't have to put on the shelf is branding, is is to sell the belief that you have a brand that is valuable and equitable, right? And so, you right. have to do that with some sort of level of co- cohesiveness if you if your brand extends and is tethered to other brands. And so, if you've got a brand tethered to other brands <laughs> that are independent of your brand yet still a part of an umbrella and collective, then you have to have some sort of unison. And so, for a lot of time, for a long time in, in women's football. Everybody said, you know, we need unity. You, we need unity. We need unity, and it's like ah, you off oh, a little bit. We knew unit. We need unity, but we don't. We need unity in a way that you guys haven't ever really thought about. And so when when OJ and my OJ and myself and and you know and Elizabeth and and our Commissioner Kay, you know, uh, uh, Candace Frischette, we when we talked about putting this thing together and we started growing it, we knew that what was most important in important in the unity is the unification of the brand, and so
0: mm-hmm.
4: that's the unity that makes the biggest difference. The unity of we all need to come together under one, you know, house of league. Name a league that has one. Name a name a sport that has one league. Name one. You can. no.
1: I mean, that's why what I'm saying. That, that was kind that of like a
4: myth,
1: misunderstanding because even though we had the puzzles, there was not one league. That was willing to stick out in a business mode. Everybody was in a recreational mode, and so Absolutely. now that we we have somebody with a business mode, um, the branding makes sense. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you from my aspect of it. When I started doing my thing, you know, everybody said, "Hey, you got to change your name. You got to change your name, whatever." And I, I, my aspect is, you know, pay me to change my name. Well, nobody could pay me to change my name, right? So you, right. you make me you make me, you give me money to change my name. I'll offer me something to change my name. Let's do it. The same concept applies here, right? If your brand is strong enough, right? Somebody's gonna offer you an offer. Somebody's gonna say, we want that. I want to showcase that. I want to display that. I, I want to be part of that. Uh, I think yeah. that's the change that we've made uh, from a year ago, right? It's now that we're in year two, I think the most proudest thing that you could say at this point, we talked to Elizabeth, one of the proudest moments for the WNFC was to, to finish the season with no forfeit, And that was a logistic, probably a logistic, you know, I wouldn't say nightmare, but basically a logistic collaboration of everybody being on the same page by going, hey, we're not going to have a forfeit, period. Right. You know, the, the, the right. administrative stress on everybody. Because you have to be successful, right? You have Adidas now on your on your back. They require something from you. Yeah, Radel. They require something from you, just like you require something of them going forward. Uh, you still have to honor that stuff. Otherwise, you're not going to get, you know, the support, or you're not going to get the funding, or you're not going to get the recognition for being a somewhat uh, a valuable branding that needs to be supported.
4: Yeah, and, and and that speaks to that speaks to the the premise behind the tag, the initial tagline or hash, hashtag. So to say mm-hmm. that we came out with it, we got a little heat about it, and we we didn't back oh, down yeah. by by saying step your game up. We weren't saying step your game up like we're better than everybody else. We're saying it's time. We're saying it's time for us all to step our game up to the next level. And you, if, somebody's April, you do it, the, if somebody saw
1: the you saw the uh, you saw the group boards just <laughs> light up like firecrackers. Uh, because I, I, of that Again, I'm coming
4: from practice, so I'm in a car So I can't see it, but so You you can tell me what they're doing, what they're saying I'm, I'm trying to be no, compliant No, I'm just saying, a year impossible. ago,
1: when you introduced that To your point, you know, all the group boards were just like You know, they were lighting up Like, it was a bad thing yeah. or something No, it was just, it yeah. was just a, like you said, it's it was like, a, a moment of realization It's like, are we going to make it happen, or we're not?
4: Yeah, yeah And, you know, and so we, we, we stepped our game up, you know what I mean? It's, it's not like we were not inclusive. <laughs> it's not like we, we said to everybody else that you're the only ones that have to step your game up. It's a challenge to everybody in this sport. It's a challenge to everybody in this sport who says that they want the next level to be a reality. And so we stepped our game up. We said no is By any means necessary, we're going we're gonna to assure that that's not going to happen. And, you know, we said we will look the same, and now people get it now people get yep. why we, yep. we have to have one brand that, and, and God bless them, you know, I'm not saying anything about anybody that goes and, and gets their own uniforms and and through right. the other methods, the onshore, out, offshore, you know, but we're saying in the WNFC, this is what we want to do. And if that's not what you want to do, there is a platform for you, but we believe right that taking it to the next level and stepping the game up for us all is cohesiveness and unification through a common message, a common vision and a, mix, a mission and and having tactical tactical ways to execute that that you can see where a lot of times brands haven't believed in women's football because they, they've missed that they've missed seeing that there is an actual end game to this, seeing it, not just speaking it. Because we can, we can go on the field and say that the end game is we want women to get paid to play football. And you can't see that just by putting the game on. You have to see right. it in a very strategic move together that we are all buying into the future of women's football and if you don't buy into the women, women's football future yourself, it's just like any entrepreneurial effort. No one else is going to buy into it with you, and no one else is going to invest any of your dollars behind you. And so we stepped our game up, and we were the first to come out with a, with a, a corporate sponsor, a global sponsor at the level of Evan Adidas, and, and so many other firsts that we were able to do. I'm not going to, you know – i'm I'm not gonna do that, blow our own heads up like on this that's not the forum for this, but we're responsible for some first, and we're responsible for stepping some games up now they're stepping the game up, and now there's some responsibility that we have to maintain and then sustain that and and um uh, and deliver. so you know you know with with you know we got a lot of more, we got a lot more responsibility now, so um and we and we welcome it, we take it on. it's all good.
1: All right, Mackenzie stepped her game up and she's playing for Nebraska 2020, so let's have her pick your brain here.
4: What's up, Mackenzie? Hey, how you doing, April? How are you? It's all good. I'm good.
3: Awesome, awesome. So, My first question is, you know, with you being a part of, you know, the trio board that is the WNFC, what are you looking forward to seeing this year in 2020 um, as a second year for the WNFC? What are you most looking forward to um, as far as growth, as far as teams or just anything in general?
4: Um, One of the things I'm looking forward to is the, Acknowledgement and a recognition that it's not a trio board that we are so much deeper um, in the intellectuals and the women that drive WNFC. I think that uh, one thing that we have been able to show people is that we're not a one man or a one man and woman show, and that it takes um, it takes several of us to to do what you see us doing. And so that's one thing I want to I want to acknowledge that we've got. A, some, we've got some, you know, GSD, you know, females out there that are, that are, that are putting out to you guys what you see in the WNSC and is, is much deeper than just three of us. Um, that's one thing. The second thing that we like to see in, in accomplishing, um, in accomplishments in, in 2020 is we're, we're very close to actually getting a, uh, a larger cash sponsorship from our partners. And so uh, we think that, you know, and directly to us, not as a collection of, hey, this brand is going to, you know, support women's football as a whole, and it includes soccer, you know, it includes, you know, everything else is called women's football. Um, you know, it's it's easy to say that, that this group has backed women's football and, and put out a message about that, that backing of women's football. And it's, 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 and you, you latch yourself onto the collective of what's considered women's football, including rugby as well. But we want to see and we're close to like I said, solidifying an agreement that Adidas is going to back us larger, um, with with some with some liquid, you know? So and and then from a team perspective, um, first year it was about, you know, putting a message into the teams and now that they've seen that we've been able to accomplish that we want and we we want to see and we believe we'll see more buy-in we're already seeing more buy-in you know we had a team and I'm just going to put them out there we like like Nebraska your own team and and Denver um those are teams that that just started last year and now you know the the communication that we're getting from a Denver and from a Nebraska and what we see them doing in their own market, we see that they have bought into something that was just an idea last year. So since we were able to execute and complete a season and you can see what we are, I believe that it's been easier for your recruiting. So you're going to have a stronger base of athletes um, and you're going to have, um, uh, you're going to have a, a a group of women that now see, the vi- they see the vision as opposed to um, they see the concept because last year we were just a concept. And so we've got a buy-in of, 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 the vision now. And so as a result of that, you'll, you'll in turn see a lot more competitive play. You won't see, you know, blowouts um, to the tune that you've seen them before. Right. In in women's football. So we we're looking for closer scores because that's better for the sport. Like seeing, you know, seeing us beat somebody seventy-two to zero and they bounce at the half is like it doesn't do any of us any good. So we're going to see some 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 much better competitiveness um, as a result of you guys getting better athletes. So does that help? Does that 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 work for you, McKenzie?
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
4: Um, you know, so thank great you for to, playing you and know, sticking with to... sticking with Carrie. We we appreciate you sticking with Carrie too, and 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 playing in Nebraska. That's I mean. We love you guys for that. That's a new program and and players that stick around like you are are about what we're about, so we appreciate that
3: you know and and, and to be completely honest i had actually this is actually um, my first year playing for Nebraska. I okay. came from um the team here in Iowa last season, and I decided um i needed i physically and mentally needed to set my game up. So I was like, well, the next best step would be to join the WNFC. And then I found the Nebraska Nighthawks. So, and so far I've not been disappointed about anything. Uh, Coaching, the league, the board, anything.
4: And that's what, that's, that's really like, I guess that's a part two answer to your question, your initial question, is that one of the things that we want to see happen in 2020 is already happening. We're seeing that, you know, women that do want to step their game up, do want to play at a higher level of intensity and competitiveness and, and unification um, will make the choice to, you know, join a WNFC team. And, and, and again, it's no disrespect or disregard to what's happening in any other, other league, but we like to think that our brand and our vision is growing, growing towards being the premier um, league. and um, And hopefully there's an opportunity where – there's a collaborative between the other leads where you know we could establish some developmental type relationships and um, or feeder type relationships and um, you know I, I don't know I'm, I'm speculating on that I'm probably getting way behind, behind, uh, before myself and ahead of myself and I'm probably gonna get a really interesting email from a leadership because <laughs> I'm the one that's the rogue I, I run out and I say whatever I want to say and you got to check me after I say it so I apologize. <laughs>
2: There's
3: nothing, you know, nothing wrong with being a rogue. Sometimes
4: I definitely, yeah, I'm the, i the, i the rogue, i the rogue of the three, I'm the rogue of the three. I'm gonna let you know that right now. I love, I You're, love you're out of the I cage. Love, is that what you're telling
1: that. us today? What's that? Oh. I said you're out of the cage. Is that what you're telling us, April? You're out of the cage Man, today. Man,
4: they, they, they keep me on the <laughs> leash sometimes, but uh, fortunately, I have a, I have a good, I have a good job, and um, and I've been groomed fairly well to actually speak to people and um. So uh, they let me they let me talk to people sometimes, but I'm just a nerd. I'm just a nerd and I stand up. You, don't, it back you don't you
1: don't need PC on here. That's all I gotta tell you. <laughs> Man. Yeah,
3: none of that here. Don't tell me that. Oh
4: boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well you know, well, Atlanta's that kind of team. Question. Atlanta's that kind of brand anyway. We're Atlanta no, yeah, yeah. that it's it's the tone from the top oh, yeah. right so if you ever thought that my team was a little bit too extra a little bit too swaggy a little bit too whatever it's the tone from the top they get it they get it from me and I just want to apologize <laughs> to all the women's football for whatever my team has ever been to everybody so um uh,
3: yeah I love it <laughs> I love that oh man but you know I I would much rather be you know, I'd much rather be truthful and extra than untruthful and boring. Look, you know, you can't have it both ways. I would much rather pick the more exciting of the two. So, yeah, I appreciate you for that. Yeah, I you're love welcome. That. You're welcome. So, just one final question is um, with, you know, you and OJ and Candace and everybody else that's made, you know, the WNFC possible as far as you know having its own shtick now what is something that you know your you personally are looking to um, kind of step your game up with so as far as like whether it's in your your own organization or yourself as a board member like what is what are those one or two things you're looking to do personally to step your game up for 2020
4: Uh, make no mistake it's about monetization make no mistake it's about monetization we if we figure out how to monetize um, every second um, of you all putting you know putting forth the effort and, and maximum effort and um, and making the sacrifices you do um, if we find monetization to sustainability then that's um, that's the way that I would have contributed to stepping my game up for stepping you all's game up as well um, we've got to put you know some dollar signs behind um each player and and i don't know if anybody thinks that you know that's just means that just means paying the players like paying the players it's like i look i work at warner i work at warner media i make my you know i make my good job salary but it's not enough to to pay any of the players and, and so i don't think that people understand that that it doesn't come from the league level to pay players. I think that people don't understand that when you go when you talk about paying players, you talk about the revenue that these leagues are earning to be able to um um to pay the players. There are jersey sales right there's there's you know there's cups there's pennants it's not just selling the seats if you that's a finite number each each stadium has a finite number and so if you do the math on how many seats that you sell. To in the NFL or in the WNBA, it doesn't cover the salary of the players. It takes those other streams of revenue um, in advertising. And, and it's not just sponsors, but you, we have to find other streams of revenue to monetize um, women's football. And I believe that the biggest and most impactful monetization uh, platform is content and content delivery, editorial, um Um, ads um, advertising and 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 showing business owners that we are a great platform to get a message their message in front of people and 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 we can create some amazing stories um and you you the player we want to we oj has an initiative that she's super passionate about being transparent and making sure that the players are the are the highlight. The players are the people that make this thing happen. You you may think it's a trio, what have you, but really it's you. It's you that's made the sacrifice to do this. It's you who's put your body on the line to do this. It's you who has, you know, you left work early five minutes to get the work to get to practice in time. It's you who has to bring the kid to practice with you and put a tent out and, and sometimes sneak over and do the homework. It's you who has to, you know, um, go to chiropractic every week it's you who make the sacrifice and the stories that you have you juggling your life to make something like this happen and it's not just a women's football struggle this is this women's football story is something that other women who are also making sacrifices and juggling something in their day to achieve a goal it 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 speaks to them as well and so my initiative would be to make sure that we monetize our stories and that our stories speak to anybody who feels like they are sacrificing for a greater good, even if it's to just sacrifice to complete uh, an NBA. and They never step foot on a women's football field, but we can tell a story that can reach them and that they can, um, they can see themselves as something that we're doing. And, and perhaps in that we can be some type, type, some type of inspiration for them to complete their goal. And if their goal may not be making a touchdown. It may just be walking across the stage. But a women's football player was the person who gave them that inspiration to do that. That's my goal. If, if I do that and if I can make money off of doing that feel-good initiative, then it's a win-win situation. It's a win for the community. It's a win for women's football, and it's a win for every little girl behind us that sees a hero that looks like what they want to look like one day and not look to a Michael Jordan and not to look to uh, a Patrick Mahomes, which who are great you know, um, role models, but it's just something about that little girl seeing another female do something that everybody told them they couldn't do you feel me i don't think i could agree
3: anymore with that <laughs> wow <laughs> i mean whew, yes look you know what i don't you just blew my mind with that answer i love that man i mean and you're not even wrong like it's it's just the fact that you know there's so many male uh you know role models and you know male inspirational inspirations as far as um sports are concerned and you know nowadays now with the women's game you know, actually stepping its game up and with a women's game, as far as football is concerned, finally starting to get the recognition that it has so well deserved for a while. And now the little girls behind us are starting to see that, Hey, I can put on pads and still run through people and still, you know, and still be a girl. I don't have to pretend to be something I'm not, you know, I can still, I can still do this. And I think that's the key right there. Um, But I do have to go. I appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much. I'm going to turn it back over to Oscar, and I hope you guys both have a
4: great night. Peace to you, and if I see you, make sure – if I see you during the playoffs, uh, it's going to be in Atlanta, make sure you you step to me. I'm going to be the uh, – I'm going to be the, the – probably the, – I'm going to be the fat one in the glasses. <laughs> oh my my awesome. I, might, I, might, I might I drop some weight by the time we had a playoff, so I might be a little – Oh, my God. This uh, <laughs> I love it. All right, y'all. You guys oh have a good
3: night. <laughs> All right. Bye bye.
1: Right.
3: Bye.
1: All right, April. Um, it's been fun. Always fun to have you on. Um, just no different than OJ when she's on here as well, and Elizabeth. So, uh, what what uh, what exciting things are we we're gonna see from Atlanta in international players, or what are we looking for? I know you're not gonna you're not gonna give away any secrets, but uh, the elite Spartans probably on your radar, I presume at this point. Who? The elite
4: Spartans. Who are, Who is that? What? What? Who are what, they? What I, know. And I and know. Who are they? That? Who are
1: these? What city in Texas that? elite
4: Spartans. Oh, they're out, Texas. they're out of Texas. do they? Do they even have a city that they're out of? Do they? Did they not identify oh. the city that they're out of? Because we're
1: we're oh. in Atlanta. Do they
4: not identify the we, city?
1: Wow. Sorry. Wow. Sorry. I, I can see two people. Uh, <laughs> two people already listening here. <laughs> Send me, really give me some info. For you. Send
4: me some info about these. These. <laughs> see, send me some info about them. I'd love to look up uh, something about they're them. They're white
1: and blue. I don't know if you noticed last year. <laughs> white, they black, and blue.
4: White, black, black, and blue. Okay. Uh, okay. That sounds familiar.
0: Uh, sounds it does familiar. sound
4: familiar. No. What? Um. <laughs> if you if you oh, haven't o. J., heard OJ, I presume me. you you know
1: her number. You can probably get her on speaker. Hey, listen,
4: <laughs> OJ and I are the biggest competitors, and we talk so much oh, cash money, sugar honey, iced tea to each other uh, on a weekly basis. Her and her, her, her and her, you know, she got some slugs over there, so I hear. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about those. She's got slugs, and I just, just you know, and that's their <laughs> nitro. That's their nitro rate is sluggish. Is, is oh. Have you seen so, that uh, nitro front line?
1: Have you seen that? That's scary.
4: Who's scary? I mean, yeah, if they take the helmets off, I'll agree. That's some fear. <laughs> some fear.
3: Nice.
4: Nice. I don't know if you've seen us <laughs> with our helmets off, but we is, uh, we're the WNFC finest. I don't know if you've seen us with our oh helmets. off. Oh, my God. Always. WNFC you finest. You guys are rising.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'm, you're rising so, this year.
4: <laughs> we are. We We always rising. That's what we do in Atlanta. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the history of Atlanta. But this is what oh, we yeah. do. We rise. We rise. They you're, may be you're, elite, you're we me, rise.
1: You're making me crack up really bad here.
4: But OJ's going to text me. It's all good. She's gonna no, 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 no. OJ's not going
1: to text you. OJ's going to make a video. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <She laughs> I'm call is, you out. And
1: my video is going
4: to beat her video. I'm, if she oh, sees me video, I'm going to send her one better. She better oh, she better work on sending me a video and I'm gonna monetize it and make money off her team. How about that?
1: April. Come on, you o- you o- just called call her up for not working. What's up with that?
4: Yeah, <laughs> I mean I just I just work here. I just work here. I just figured <laughs> oh, it's to end God. this end this on something that make your fans happy. Oh you
1: know, yeah, yeah. That's what Atlanta we're, does. We're, so we're that's all, what you well, can expect from
4: Atlanta. It. We we're a pretty exciting team to watch. We we're so pretty you're, you're coming uh,
1: for Texas. The bottom line yeah. coming for Texas. Yeah.
4: Nice. Yeah. I told you. got any international? About this Texas
1: you thing. got any international players that are, are going to be on your squad this year at all? You got anybody planned? I know Honestly, last year you had, Mondragon, who obviously scored the first touchdown in WNFc history. Look at that owner, first touchdown in WNF yeah. history. Wow.
4: Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, our um, our international players had to return to Mexico because. Um, they they have to play for their country for the next um, okay. world championship, and so um, mm-hmm. them playing in um, playing in Atlanta would have disqualified them from um, in, uh, from eligibility um, for the league that they play in. They have certain rules that you know um, we just we found out about. All of us found out about them as well um, after they had already come to Atlanta. But I I brought them into Atlanta, and then like a week later. Uh, when their federation found out they're in Atlanta, they had to go back to Mexico. So that's it was a loss, you know, and and not just because of the talent, but we we love Liz and we had already grown to love Anna, and so um, yeah, we we miss them already. They gave us a certain flavor that we love. So um, so that won't be a part of it. But again, we you know when we when we step onto the field and we have these phenomenal women coaches, um, and there's some representation from Team USA on our coaches staff and again our um our head coach um Angela DeFroe uh she scored the first touchdown for women's football in Atlanta and then we've got track star and you know a brilliant mind Georgia Tech uh um star uh charmaine um Chin and and again she was she was my quarterback when I played and again these women have already led and won uh, two women's football championships. And so a lot of times in winning a championship, you just have to know how to pull out championship mindset in your players. And I think that that's something that they have. No disrespect to the guys, but there's just something about women who know the sport and who are passionate about the sport because they started the sport in Atlanta. There's something that they can give to my girls that I don't think that the, uh, that that, had, that was the missing piece that we, we were not, um, we didn't have in the in, in the previous coaching um staff
1: hey April, are you excited that uh, all the new uh, ec- new teams that are coming in this year in terms of an overall umbrella uh we got philadelphia we got you know um all those teams in the east coast basically that acquired on uh on your coast it's, it's going to make it really exciting in terms of us fans to see all these new teams on the east coast uh trying to take down that big dog in texas
4: Man, well, you keep talking about this big old dog in Texas, and I just don't know what you're talking about. But um, as far as the expansion of the league, it's, you, hey, I'm a part of it. And, of course, you know, when we went out to seek, you know, um, we call them partners, the partners in the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's a selective process. It's a selective process. And, and there's a, there's a method to the madness as far as, you know, a sweet spot of a market that we like to be in, and and owners that have a common um, mindset, and 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 definitely programs that we believe have the potential to be strong competitors. And so, um, yeah, like this Philly, you know, Star is doing a great job with with bringing that along. The, um, Washington, mm-hmm. uh, Washington Prodigy, don't sleep on Washington Prodigy for sure. Um, they've got some championships under their belt, and you can. You know, talk about whatever league they were in, but they are some ballers, um, and I believe that because they're in the WNFC, they might have attracted some um, some other talent in the area that may have been, you know, um, in, um, you know, impactful on other teams. And now they, you know, are playing in the WNFC. And what has happened is players are now looking for WNFC teams to play on, rather than looking for the closest 18.
2: team to them.
1: Eighteen, you know.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you
1: know, April, always always a pleasure to talk to you. Always informative. I really love picking your brain. And uh, Atlanta, always a tough, tough team. And uh, last year was no different. Uh, We had great battles there. Um, Really exciting, uh, you know, personnel in terms of wide receivers, good scheme on offense um, and everything else. So it really excited us to do that. Um, So looking forward to, to the East Coast being obviously a lot more exciting because we're going to be watching uh, the, all the new teams that came into the uh, East Coast swing, and including yourselves and every team in 2019. So, you know, shout out to you and, you know, a big, big thank you to you from everybody that, you know, obviously you're striving to do what you're going to do on your end and everybody else on the on the other end. So I know everybody's putting in extra time, as you said, you know, uh, off time as well. And, yeah trying to make this happen a little bigger and better. So uh, impressive year one. So I, I, you know, give kudos to you guys for year one. Like I said, no forfeits, really competitive play as well in certain aspects, almost week to week. Um, You know, rebellion with uh, San Diego digital imaging, bringing another level of attention to the the league. Uh, So it just, it can't go, but, you know, higher and higher. As uh, OJ has said, you know, you're trying to like just improve every year on... Something you know to stabilize and then make something else work right. Um, so yeah, so shout out to you and the Phoenix. So we're looking forward to the the Atlanta Phoenix in the mix in the playoffs, uh, and then obviously being competitive with brand new uh, acquisitions. So uh great job, April.
4: Thank you. We hey, we want to invite everybody listening, everybody in women's football, to Atlanta. Um, in in mm-hmm. June for our um, for the playoffs that are going to be hosted in Atlanta. And so if you if you came to the last championship that we hosted, you know it was a it was it was it was you know coined as one of the best if not the best championship experiences we've had in women's football. And I, it's a great we, we did it that time for the first time. Yes, and we've got another great facility with an amazing Jumbotron that we're going to be hosting at, at this time. And we did it that first time, and we've learned from that and so we hope to make this playoff experience a lot like our championship experience and everybody everybody in women's football is invited to the nine cup um june tenth and eleventh and and, you know let's go let's go to New Mexico and and get some tacos, you know, tacos and margaritas and some women's football. And New Mexico that
1: that that stadium's gonna be packed. Um they're a big fanfare and everybody coming into there. It's a great experience in that state. If you've never been to New Mexico, it's a great experience to be there, too. So, all right. So, uh, we're looking forward to WNFC 2020, Atlanta Phoenix. Uh, April, thank you. Uh, And April is the chief technical officer of the WNFC as well as the owner of the Atlanta Phoenix. Always, always awesome to talk to you. So, thank you for making the time.
4: Thank you so much, Oscar.
1: Have a great uh, night. Safe travels home, okay?
4: Bye, guys. Have a good
1: one. Bye, everybody. All right, guys. There you go. April uh, Chrysler of the Atlanta Phoenix WNFC chief technical officer, and she's excited to, uh, to just for the 2020 season in the WNFC. Another level of excitement, U2 America. Um, just, just a – it's going to be a very exciting season for both leagues. 2020 uh, is going to be very uh, high anticipation. Uh, we have WFA – as well as WNFC. Um, just a, an amazing, amazing thing to do. Uh, in the background, I rumor has it that we will see probably a Texas Elite Spartans versus Boston Renegades, some sort of matchup in the future. That would be a great thing to see. We will see uh, if we can. Well, anticipation's there, but that's, uh, you know, like they say, hashtag rumors. No facts yet. So we'll see if that happens. I mean, there's, uh, interest to have that happen. Uh, why not? It would be a clash of the best teams in both leagues. That's like no different than the uh, AFL versus the NFL in the first uh, Super Bowl mentality. So we'll see if that happens in in the future here. Um, so catch us on uh, iHeart, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, go ahead and do it now on any of those platforms. It brings more awareness, more reach, everything to women's American football. I want to thank everybody uh, on my Facebook uh, page, personal page, shout it out this week. Uh, higher level of uh, penetration in terms of iHeart, Apple, and Spotify. So it's really exciting times for us on our end to kind of our game, to uh, hashtag step our game up and bring awareness on the biggest platforms in terms of listenership. So um, we cannot be more happy for that. Uh, we have a, a great audience. Um, if you haven't, like I said, if you haven't gone to subscribe, subscribe on any platform that you like to listen to any podcast. But specifically iHeart, uh, Spotify, and Apple being the biggest three kind of dogs, it helps us as well to bring the attention to the sport on a weekly basis. We're talking NFL weekly, draw in with the XFL, and then eventually we got you know interviews with some of the best talented players that play women's American football in North America, as well as some of the talented minds in the biggest two leagues on the planet, which is the WNFC and the WFA. And so it helps us out. And then we're going to be talking WWCFL in Canada, maritime in Canada. And as always, we talk Lafay, Lexfa and uh, FX Mexico out of Mexico on the bottom swing of North America. So women's football, very prominent in all three countries and this is where you get to listen to it uh, on the best platforms. Hopefully you subscribe, like I said, on iHeart, I, I, uh, Apple uh, Podcast, and on Spotify. All right, so if you haven't gone to the Hub, you can go to the Hub at Facebook.com forward slash Great Beauties. You get to know everything that's happening in the women's game, weekly updates, daily breaking news, and you can get to see everything. Uh, major articles from major press concerning any type of women's American football activity. Thank you to everybody that collaborates with us. Uh, the best network on the planet, the best resource on the planet, because of the lot of hardworking people that love and admire are devoted to um, bringing awareness to women's American football, and that is our network uh, on Great Iron Beauties on Facebook.com for slash Great Iron Beauties at the hub. Uh, so you got a great article uh, that came up by ESPN.com, uh, NFL's first two full-time Women Coaches, and that was Coach, uh, L- uh, Coach Locus, uh, one of the um, uh, coaches there. They did a feature on there by uh, Worth Whitworth. So you can go to the Hub and you get the feature there by ESPN.com. Uh, you also get the updated scores this week from uh, Extreme Female Football out of Texas. Week 5, uh, the Generals continue to roll in, t- in this season, looking for another title. 4-0 oh, uh, so far in the season. They take care of the Fire 20 to, uh, 20 to zero the score three and one uh, the firefall to three and one've got Warhawks, 0 and four they lose 38 to 7 against the Empire who evens out at two and two. you have the Divas 39, 34 edging the cobras. We should have some highlights uh, of either of the uh, either of this game on still photos. Um, and we should have those highlights probably by the Cobras or the Divas. So we'll uh, upload those at the hub once we get the uh, still photos from the action that happened there. Thirty-nine, thirty-four, really good competitive matchup. Uh, Divas fall to two and two, even themselves at five hundred, as well as the Cobras at two and two, staying in the middle of the pack. And then uh, the Vixens sixty-seven to six over the Spartans. The Spartans have struggled uh, all through the first four weeks of the season, zero and four, and then three and one for the Vixens. So it's going to be a really exciting week six. In the XFFL uh, uh, X, X, uh, in Texas. So, looking forward to that next, uh, next matchup there. There's a cool article by Yahoo Sports that was done uh, on Yahoo Sports and that kind of spotlights the WFLA Santia Deck, who is uh, make, making some waves here. We're looking forward to the exhibition season for the WFLA coming up here in May. Uh, some of the schedules have been put out already for the exhibition season. You can actually go on Eventbrite or you go to WFLA Football com and get the information there for tickets. Uh, tickets starting, I believe, at $55 to $100. Also, uh, the games are going to include, I believe, an all-star format from what CEO Lupe uh, Rose said. Uh, so it will be all-star formatted at this point, not so much team versus team matchup because of issues with uh, rostering and players, enough players to do that. So it's going to be showcased in different cities, um, and it will have, obviously, A1 Entertainment, Uh, I believe it's by Icon Entertainment, which is Ja Rule's company. So looking forward to that. But you can get a kind of a tidbit in terms of what Santia Deck is all about and what the WFLA is going to be about in terms of 2021. And that was done by Yahoo Sports. You can go to the hub at this point down there as well. Um, There was a release uh, by the WNFC uh, by Kay uh, Mitchell, and that was a release uh, basically from the office of the commissioner, Concerning the coronavirus and how that's affecting everybody in our sports uh, realm of things, so the uh, WNFC um, quote uh, WNFC is committed to safety within the league and has started working on precautionary measures for the coronavirus, uh, the disease used by the novel uh, novel coronavirus. We want to make sure members at every level of our league have the information they need to stay healthy and have a great season. Currently, we are monitoring for all potential impacts that may have arise, including contingency planning and working to address these matters further. As commissioner, I will personally spearhead these efforts and will be collaborating with Ashley Young as my assistant to aid me as directed by WNFC leadership. We will be following the evolving public health recommendations based on the reliable sources such as CDC and other governmental health authorities. Your resilience and patience is appreciated as we continue to work together in minimizing the impact of this virus please feel free to contact league administration with any concerns. Unquote. Uh, Thank you, uh, Candace Mitchell commissioner of the WNFC. And we also have WFA as well in the same uh, situation, uh, pretty much just following the lead in terms of what the government and local health authorities will dictate in terms of each market. And obviously the the CDC and the administration, obviously coming from Washington uh, DC. So we'll look forward to, hopefully that's not the case, but if it is, then um, it's not going to be a big deal. As uh, some somebody had told me on Twitter, uh, we don't have an audience here yet anyway, so it's not like it's going to affect our pocketbook uh, at this point in terms of stadium awareness and things like that. But reality's reality is uh, reality. Some of the major sports leagues really anticipating um, playing games still but might, might not have fans in attendance at this point. They could muster some of the loss because of the big revenues they have. But in women's football, it's really kind of a mute point in their way because the attendance is not really our, our biggest draw at this point. So it's going to be more of a, a bringing an audience in for maybe a visual platform in terms of 2020. So that might help us considering that it's going to be on TV, considering it's going to be on the media. Um, maybe somebody's going to scroll, the, scroll around their television, and then they're going to probably end up watching a WFA you know matchup on 11 Sports or they end up watching a WNFC on U2 America, which might be beneficial for us. So I don't want to say the coronavirus is going to benefit both leagues, but in the end, uh, you know, it's a, it's a serious matter that everybody's dealing with. So, But it could eventually maybe benefit us in terms of visibility. So we don't know, but it could do that. So uh, there's also a feature on Her Story. Uh, it was done by ESPN on Center. And if you watch it there, you can do a replay as well on the Sports Center. Uh, you can go to Sports Center as well. It's a uh, Maral Javadifar and Lori Locus of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that was done by ESPN as well. So you can check it out uh, if you have ESPN or ESPN app you can get a hold of it as well. The other one was done was the undefeated uh, had a feature on Jennifer King as she, as she was hired as the full first a uh, full-time African-American female coach intern in the NFL, and she's over with uh, Coach Rivera for the Washington Redskins. So that's pretty exciting there. And we have a a feature from MTV Finland, uh, S.A.J.L. standout Nana Olovio uh, leaves to play for the U.S. Women's uh, Football Alliance. So she's coming to the States as well, as well as uh, Ida Handel and Julia Olson, who are going to be in Washington, D.C. So a lot of international players this season coming over to the States. And we're going to be probably listening and paying attention to some of those, uh, especially, I think, in the WFA more so than the WNFC. And so really well. America's Bowl 2020, we have a couple events coming up here in this March. Uh, America's Bowl 2020, Honduras, March 12th through the 17th, coverage by Yarda 20 and Yarda 506. So we'll have everything that's happening in terms of the America's Women's Bowl in Honduras and our network partners, YARDA 20, YARDA 506, and that will be March 12th through the 17th, so don't miss it. We'll have highlights, we'll have still photos, and we'll have replays of the event that's coming up here, Honduras, USA, AFE, Mexico, Costa Rica um, as well. Um, so there's a, about four or five teams that are going to comp- compete. I believe it's four teams, Honduras, Mexico, U.S., and Costa Rica. The games are, the uh, like I said, March 13th to the 17th, should be covered and will be covered by YARDA 20 in terms of Mexico, YARDA 506 in terms of Costa Rica. So we really appreciate them uh, helping us out and bringing attention to that. You also have a Women's International Day that happened this past past week. So shout out to all the badass women out there that play women's American football globally. And we are very excited. You can check out our Twitter feed. Uh, You can check out our Facebook page and uh, really, really awesome time that we had on there to kind of help out all those. And then the International XFL uh, basically uh, spotlighted some of the referees that are currently um, uh, in the XFL, so International Women's Day, celebrating the referees in terms of the XFL uh, female officials. So there was really cool of them to do that as well. And then you have uh, USA Football put out a cool video from back in the day still kind of refreshing uh women's in uh, international women's day and you get to see the pioneers of team usa and uh, how they've made an impact in terms of getting us to where we're at now the visibility some of them are obviously in the nfl now uh, Callie branson you had katie sowers jennifer king so a lot of the former team usa uh, players are now making ends roads in the NFL uh, due to uh, Sam Rappaport's Women's Career Forums. And, and they got opportunities with fellowships and, and all that, and especially on coaching staff and stuff like that. So really, really awesome to see. Uh, another shout-out I'm going to give out to is going to be the Y.E.G. Female uh, Football Collective out there uh, in Canada. Uh, and it was really cool. They had posted uh, Happy Women's International Day. Uh, quote, a strong woman looks looks a challenge in the eye and gives it a wink. So shout-out to the talented young ladies out there in the uh, Y-E-G in terms of the female collective in Canada, similar to the Utah, Utah Girls Football League in Utah. So this is a really great program. Also in the same, um, in the same realm as the Manitoba Girls Football Association. So shout-out to all the young girls that are making things happen and playing women's American football at a high level. And uh, so that's uh, exciting to see, especially also in Canada. And then it's really great to see and all that to come up, to, to come ahead. Um, so we have other events coming up here. IWFA uh, $10,000 tournament, eight on eight challenge, March 27th through the 29th in Texas. And that's going to be the uh, Icon Women's Football Association $10,000 tournament. Uh, first prize, I believe it's going to be, Um, 6,000, and then right after that, second place and and third place. The WFA National Championship will take place July 10th through the 11th, and that'll be of K Stadium in Golden, Colorado. Uh, Go to WFAProFootball.com to get details and tickets, information, WFAProFootball.com. That'll be July 10th through the 11th. WNFC 9 Cup 2020, uh, number two, will take place on July 11th, and that'll be in the Field of Dreams, at Las Cruces, New Mexico, WNFC 9 Cup 2, 2020. Go to w, uh, wnfcfootball.com to get the details also for the tickets and things that are happening there. All right, we're going to talk Nevada storm. And I apologize, last last week we did not get to it. So I really apologize to the, all the storm chasers out there that were anticipating us talking about it. So we're going to talk Nevada storm here before we uh, uh, bail out here. 2020 Nevada storm schedule, the return of the Sacramento Sirens. Uh, and then uh, second game would be Sin City Trojans. Really good clash. That was a really good playoff it last year. Uh, Nevada really played well. That's uh, the Battle of Nevada. Sin City Trojans taking on Nevada Storm. Really, really exciting on second week in April. And then we got Kern County Crusaders. Uh, they'll be taking on them. And then they're fighting. Chalk Wave come, to town, uh, come in to fight them. Sacramento Sirens once again uh, on May 9th. And so it's going to be right after that Cali war, the rematch from last year, really good game between these two squads. And I I anticipate it will be the same. And then you get uh, 523 Sin City back-to-back in terms of good clashes. They finish up the season with Kern County. So uh, Nevada Storm champions, uh, D3 champions, now looking to make a mark at a higher tier level and really competitive schedule here on the West Coast, taking on uh, the Sin Trojans twice Cali war fighting shockwave Um, so it's going to be a really good season for them and how the anticipation uh, for that Uh, also want to remind everybody you go to music city misfits on Facebook um, and they do have a tornado um, donation link there Um, if you want to help out our sisters over in Nashville um, and all the teams there they were affected by the Nashville tornado Uh, You can go to the page, like I said, uh, Music City Misfits on Facebook, uh, and you can get information there as well about how to help out uh, with donations and funds and stuff like that, or how you can help out locally with just support. Uh, A lot of people lost their homes. Some people don't have homes, and they're sheltered right now at this point. Uh, Most of the players on the team I I heard was everything was – some of them are okay, uh, but everybody's going to need some sort of help, especially with – some sort of disaster like this. So natural tornado really affecting the uh, football women's community right there in Tennessee. Uh, So if you want to help out, go to music city misfits, just search that out and uh, you can get details on how you can help out with donations or support as well, right there at the misfits uh, music city, misfits uh, page on Facebook. We're going to be covering LNFA feminina seven on seven. As soon as we get that information, we'll post it on our page as well. And then we're going to also keep track of the um, uh, XFFL Texas one more time. We'll be in, in, in kind of anticipation for the America's Bowl Honduras this coming up weekend, uh, coverage by Yarda 20 once again and Yarda 506. So we're really anticipating a great, great effort. If you haven't gone to the hub, uh, Facebook.com, go ahead and go there now, subscribe, like our page, share, make some comments. It only increases our reach, helps us bring more awareness to women's American football, and allows us to uh, bring a bigger audience. And uh, the best network on the planet, that's what we are, and that's what we want to stay. And we want to bring attention to uh, women's American football globally, and that's what we do, the best network on the planet. Shout out to all those uh, that collaborate with me and everybody else and try to make bring attention to the sport. So um, really, really awesome. And also, if you want to join us at the uh, No Joke Football Shop, I've got brand-new cool T-shirts, uh, country T-shirts, and city pride T-shirts. So check them out there. And if you want to save some money, 15% off. Use Zazzle ZazzleThanks uh, at the uh, checkout code. And if you want to get free shipping, you pay an additional $10, and you get free shipping for 12 months, especially here in the U.S., and you can order anything from Zazzle, uh, no joke football shop, for free shipping uh, for 12 months. So check it out. I appreciate everybody from uh, Europe that has purchased stuff from us, also a couple of people from Texas locally in the States. So check it out. If you don't get anything, get the most popular shirt that we sell, and that is, yes, I, I am a girl and I play football. And our second popular shirt is obviously the no-joke football uh, women's gridiron shirt. So check it out, 15% off. Uh, if you have a higher a code, of course, use the higher code for percentage off. So check it out at the uh, w- uh, Zazzle.com forward slash Great Iron Beauties at the No Joke Football Shop. So thanks again to uh, Coach Crystal H- Holmes of the Orlando Anarchy, championship coach of the Orlando Anarchy. We're looking forward to covering them for the 2020 season. And also thanks to the uh, WNFC owner of the Atlanta Falcons and WNFC chief technical officer, April uh, Chris- Chrysler, uh, for coming in and giving us the details of what's upcoming for the WNFC 2020. We'll catch you here next week for 3:12. Should be a big... Big podcasts coming up here with more insights and everything else as we get closer to WFC 2020, WFA 2020. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, uh, Apple, Spotify, and on iHeart. So for Oscar Lopez here, and for the absent Mackenzie Brooks, Holly Custis, and Louise Beans, and Troy Wilson, we'll catch you here next week for the Blitz uh, 312. Have a great night, everybody.